0: Welcome to another episode of Idiopod. I am TJ Stone. I am Shane Glover. And today we're talking with our buddy Nick Beret. Nick has years of uh, experience in the music business. And we we break down a a lot of his views on the music industry, which was quite interesting. But also, uh, he was able to kind of meet us very vulnerably and really Mm -hmm. unpack his story, I think, in a way... Uh, a lot of people aren't able to do, and it sure. was uh, some special moments.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We, I've known Nick for a really long time. I was um, his oldest son's uh, small group leader in high school, and uh, was able to now be the youth pastor for his uh, second, and third sons, and just been a really good friend over the years, and has been a elder at our church, at Journey Church, and. Um, just a fascinating, humble, incredible human being. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation, both uh, kind of his upbringing and how music started to play a role, the different, the different ways that he, his story of how he got to Nashville and all of that is absolutely amazing. Uh, I really loved hearing that. And um, like TJ said, he, his, his take on, on uh, the music industry as a whole, where it's going, where it's at right now, uh, was also very intriguing i think you really enjoy it
0: yeah so for all things idiopod check us out at idiopod.com like review subscribe check out our other episodes but for right now enjoy our conversation with nick bray
1: and welcome to idiopod i am shane glover i am
0: tj stone and we are super excited to have our friend here, Nick Beret. Nick, how Yay! are you, buddy? Yes, we are. Yay. <sighs>
2: Yay.
0: Good, Good to be, be here.
3: Feel official. Very fancy studio here. Oh like Yes it is. High tech. Guys <laughs> spent a fortune on this. It's I'm telling you, yeah, only yeah. the best
1: for you, oh,
0: man. I yeah. am. For those who cannot see, which is everybody, we're actually yeah. in the nursery of our church at the <laughs> yeah, moment.
3: That's right. But it's a very nice nursery. It's it is is a very nice nursery. Very clean
1: construction. Uh, massive vehicles right outside the window. It's honestly, a, it's a nice place to have a, an awesome conversation great. today. It is. I'm it's glad, also um, like a
3: four-year-old boy's dream. Right, kind kind of of I'm glad you guys got my writer and yes, this seems up to spec.
1: Yep, totally. Hope that the water. rocking chair, only red and the yarn balls, everything.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, my people are really good. So. The yarn balls, they are great. Yeah,
1: right, right. Yep, glad we could find them.
3: So Nick. Uh,
0: and I know Shane's known you for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I've only kind of known you the last year as I was your son's youth leader. Yep. We've, we've kind of uh, had we some fun We share that common, TJ.
1: I was also his son's youth leader. Oh, That's you were your older son. His the oldest. oldest son. The oldest son. Also named Nick. That, that is Nicholas. also sure. true. Is true. Isn't that something? That is something. There you go. That's an idiosynchronicity. Yes, it is. See? Hadn't even thought That's about that. That's why we that. named it that And then changed it. So, yeah. are,
3: are we over? Is that was that it? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that was I'm a good time. Okay, get, good. All talk. right. Uh. Great to be here. That was fast.
0: <laughs> you know, time flies when you're having fun. Uh-huh. So, tell tell us a little bit about your yourself and kind of where you grew up. And uh, all right, yeah. What is the beginning of the the journey for Nick Bray?
3: Interesting. All right, I grew up in um, South Florida, um, so like North Palm Beach County is where I grew up, and uh, um, I was like all my report cards said the same thing. It was always um, I was Nicky because I'm actually Nick Beret the fifth, mm. so my son's the mm. sixth. But it was Nicky is a nice boy, very polite, but he daydreams all day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and and. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was always kind of in my head a lot, uh, uh, at a very, very young age. And, uh, uh, I'm fortunate that I figured out a way to make a living out of that as, a, as an adult, but, um, um, you know, just loved, um, fantasy and particularly like, like media, like, uh, music and movies and television were kind of my, mm-hmm. uh, touchstone to to the world i loved just seeing the way people that were different from my suburb and uh so i was the ultimate music geek the ultimate sports geek the ultimate um movie geek it was just everything and Mm so i I was kind of that kid um i think like Socially I, I always like I really 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 wanted to be cool mm-hmm. and liked and um, shocker that never really came to pass um, but I was looking for some sort of um, significance and you know gosh if I'll just have happiness or some sort of peace or fulfillment or purpose if I'm just you know get to sit at the cool table at mm-hmm. school and um, and that was <laughs> very elusive. Um, but then, when I was around 14 years old, there was kind of a, a spiritual awakening of sorts. Uh, I was raising a, a Christian family, and and I wasn't like doing bad stuff, and and I had enough moral sense to not get into like the drug scene. And in South Florida at that time, that was it was mm. very very common. Just just yeah. in the culture, it was yeah. it was. Uh, well, was I'm like talking like the- junior high, like it was. Uh, a, a, there was just if you were looking for trouble it was not easy or, or it was not difficult to to find it mm-hmm. um well that's where the scarface scene was uh, right yeah well that i wasn't there i was yeah <laughs> 14 but yeah, yeah. I, it, it was that was around us you know that yeah. that type of um you know just there was i just even remember like Sporting events or concerts, there was always kind of this threat of violence, mm-hmm. you know? And again, I, I don't want to make it over dramatic, but it was, yeah. you know, there was just kind of a, a charge of your, in the air. Yeah, it was part of your headspace. Yeah, yeah. South Florida at that time is, uh, like, I didn't know anybody that was actually from there. So it was very, mm-hmm. even though it's technically the South, culturally, it's, it's really the Northeast. Mm, right. it was, there was definitely, um, you know kind of a an edge mm-hmm. to to the culture there um similar to nashville And no n- one's not, from here yeah but without the edge without <laughs> the edge right. yeah because
1: yeah. there you probably had what people from the north from the new england area that would come yeah down yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah um uh new york specifically yeah, yeah. um and uh it was um yeah so it was just kind of a interesting place i mean um, I think there's. I had one friend whose parents were from that area. Everyone else had kind of yeah. moved, and yeah, so it was anyway that that type of culture. But when I was 14, um, the, you know, I just had this um, spiritual awakening, if you will. Um, you know, I would go to church, but it was the church we were going to was um, wasn't you know it was more cultural in mm-hmm. terms of politeness and sermons on pollution and. Things like that, um, um, and uh, suddenly, you know, uh, the person of Jesus, you know, kind of, you know, through a variety of situations, um, you know, I it, suddenly my eyes were opened mm-hmm. again at a very young age, and whatever a fourteen year old can, right, can, um, can comprehend, but I felt, wow, I'm loved by God. And, well, and was it
0: something that happened in a sermon, or, or well, what was the the impetus to this <laughs> that's a really good awakening?
3: Question. I don't talk about this a whole lot. I was. Uh, Can we repeat it as a science experiment? Yes, we could. So <laughs> a little bit of backstory. So I'm um, going to a denomination church again. Not really uh, like one like where the Bible or the gospel was. You know, it wasn't looked down upon. It just wasn't a priority per mm-hmm. se. Um, and um, uh, and for some reason, again, in my desire to be cool or popular, I, I, there were some friends of, of mine who went to this Christian school that was very, very conservative, and I knew them, and I thought, gosh, their school's so much smaller than my school. Like, mm-hmm. my junior high, like, there's 1,500 people. Their Christian school, they've only got, like, 60 people in their grade. I bet if I went to that Christian school, statistically, my chances of being popular would be oh, dramatically yeah. increased. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And that was probably one of the biggest social errors I've ever made. I went from being kind of like just a, a kid in the crowd to I was the the nerd of that school. This was oh, gee, ninth oh, wow. and, and tenth grade and it was lunch by myself. Uh you know, it was just it was oh, just hell. just horrible, horrible, horrible. Which I'll I'll talk about kind of the other side of, of what God can do in those situations. But um, so ego-driven decision that didn't. Right, it was more like socially strategic, or so yeah. I thought, and uh, it just it totally backfired, and and uh, and it was is you know probably the worst time in my life those, oh, those two years. Wow. Um, um, and so there was over Christmas break, some of the kind of like college age kids were going to. Uh, they, at the time, it was called a Jesus Festival. So, not being like. I've heard of that. Um, was that a Florida thing? Uh, there was one in Orlando, but then, like, Creation Festival would oh, be yeah. one. It oh, was sure. that type of sure. thing. So, that would be speakers and Christian mm-hmm. bands. And so, uh, honestly, I just was looking to get to the house. So, I went. Uh, there were, It wasn't like a youth group trip, but somehow I went with these, you know, kind of post-neo-Jesus people from the 70s yeah. and they let me tag along. And I just I, I distinctly remember going, okay, I, I want part of this. And, and so that was kind of the beginning of, of my journey, and, and it was um, very exciting. It was very emotional. It was very, I want to say, even supernatural. And so mm-hmm. so I went from kind of knowing that there was a God – Having a general sense of right and wrong to suddenly going from that to mm-hmm. like full blown charismatic expression of, wow. of faith. So did you
1: did you grow up in those years being that you can remember being fully aware of your feelings? So in other words, do you remember feeling in that in those days like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, or is it kind of like you look back and think that was awful? No, I knew. I knew okay. Then
3: it was it was excruciating. Like I yeah. was just doing everything I could not to yeah. weep every day. Jeez. I don't make it over dramatic, but that's a very that's dramatic yeah. time. Was which, bullying a part oh, of gosh, it? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. So it was and some of it honestly was like I was just socially you know, a lot of these kids had grown up together. And it was mm-hmm. also the first time too going from like a denomination church where this was a Christian school that I went to for two years where it was um, kind of introduced to legalism mm-hmm. and fundamentalism mm-hmm. and certain rules and there's a christian haircut and there's not and you know that 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 can really mess with your identity yeah and so i had enough sense to know that okay that's that's not real that's that's not truth and i had also enough sense um to know that what i was experiencing at church that that wasn't really real so so kind of this 1980 was the year i'm 14 years old you know this kind of exciting charismatic movement was Again, it was it was it just felt alive, mm-hmm. and and so um, uh, so for the next few years of my life, um, I would say my my spiritual growth was was really kind of experience based. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would be like, gosh, if I can just go to this event or this conference, I can get this high, and maybe yeah. I can coast on this high, sure. and then there'll be another event, and then I can. Uh, it was just kind of like a emotional roller coaster. I was looking for. Yeah, uh, an opportunity to high five God and then kind of coast on that. So it was again, it was very immature. Yeah, uh, but also that's an age where you're trying to piece things yeah. together.
1: You say immature, but I I struggle with that sometimes. It might not be you know the mountain peaks of oh, yeah. of a festival or mm-hmm. the next concert or whatever, but I, I struggle sometimes mm-hmm. with that like. My life sucks right now, so I just can't wait till this happens. Yeah. Right, And Me it's too. like you're totally missing the the moment.
3: Yeah, I think too. There was something just hearing you say that there was probably, um, probably some uh, escapism involved mm-hmm. too of mm-hmm. like, uh, and some of that was probably very healthy, and some of it might have been yeah, uh, sure, not healthy, but but just of um, if I just. If I'm a good Christian, I won't hurt. I yeah. won't do that. So, um, so anyway, so um, gosh, I'm kind of all over the map. But, but that kind of emotional supernatural expression mm-hmm. was was very. Um, uh, it felt radical. It felt yeah. ex- mm-hmm. you know again sure. exciting. How much of it do you think knowing your love for music
0: was tied to the the type of music that they were bringing folks in with? Well,
3: it's funny because I was just about ready to, to get to that. So in the middle of this, this is also where at that time in the culture, um, the parachurch organizations were very mm-hmm. powerful, and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm nothing against parachurch organizations like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Youth for Christ, Campus Life, Life, those, those yeah. Young Life, yeah, yeah. Those, those types of things. Um, and so they were a real player, particularly among youth culture, uh, and I'm sure they are today, but oh, yeah. they were, yeah, sure. at least in my community, a major major player and so most of my spiritual development was done through like a Saturday night Bible study that wasn't connected to a church or something like that and some of my best friends are to this day are, are out of that expression but the I mean it's silly now but like the televangelists like they were actually part of the conversation of Christianity back then Sure. This before all the oh, yeah. scandals they you know our children were like yeah, there's that guy, but I, I don't. Nobody oh, really yeah. thinks it's it's not. They're not in the conversation of can you believe someone and so said this or did that.
1: When I was four or five years old, I, uh, which would have been 1980, 1981, um, my mom came in to the living room. I was on the phone, and she was like, talking on the phone. She, at four she years said, old. "What are you doing?" I, I said, "Calling." I'm calling him to give him money because oh, wow. it was Jerry Falwell. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up going to school later, ten, you know, thirteen years later. So, so you eventually did that, give him plenty of money. That's that time money. frame, though. Was, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. was ready. It was
3: very, but it was that was part of um, Christian culture at that time. Uh, but so a lot of those guys, obviously, I didn't, I didn't really connect with. Yeah. But the people that I felt like I could trust, which gets to the music thing, were the Christian artists that I would see in concert or listen to their records. So the Keith Green's, Second Chapter of Acts, mm-hmm. th- the Phil Kegis, and then, um, and later it was Daniel Amos or something, you know, the more rock stuff, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, got into, like, those were people I felt like, okay, they're like me, mm-hmm. I can, th- I can relate to this. You I, found your I tribe. trust them. Um, and so, um, so two things, I'm gonna fast forward to now, I make my living. In Christian music, <laughs> developing artists, serving artists, hoping to give them platforms. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's a, an, a you know, uh, an accident. Sure. And totally. prior to me moving to Nashville to pursue serving artists in the Christian music industry, I did youth ministry full time for five years, with a really strong emphasis on early high school, junior high, middle school mm-hmm. ages. So again, I I think that time that was so painful and so awful. It's you know. There's got to be something there where I'm trying to fix something. Or, yeah. Well, it sounds you know.
0: like God is, is still in the process of, of redeeming all of that oh. through the work that you're even doing now. Yeah, that's so interesting.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I, do, I do think um, – uh, well, I'll go back to when I was 14, 15, 16. I would be um, in my bedroom. You know, there was no MP3 player. The Walkman had yet to come out. So I'm listening to my vinyl record in my bedroom, uh, reading the liner notes, completely <laughs> focused. Mm. Music is not in the background. This isn't while I'm doing a chore or this. I am sitting down, listening, submitting myself to this
1: oh, yeah. artistic
3: expression. So yeah. it was a very, very, very powerful Connection. I feel kind of like an old fart saying that. I'm not saying MP3 players and iPhones all that bad. I'm just saying it was a different... Well, that's a spiritual experience for you. Oh, very much so. So I would say like today with all the distractions with media, probably going to the cinema would be the closest thing to mm-hmm. it where I'm going to sit in a dark room for an hour and a half, two hours and not do anything. But I'm not going to focus on anything. I'm just I'm going to listen and I want to experience this you know, yeah. where anyway, so, yeah, agreed. um, do you feel like this generation
0: is, is missing out on that? Um, I think it's more of
3: a, um, I, I feel like it's, it's more of a, an issue of the medium in the media than necessarily the consumer. It's mm-hmm. the fact that I would buy a record and I would listen to it over and over and over again. it's because I didn't have, like my kids have now, access to any album that's ever existed in the right. history yeah. of music. Oh, seriously. So, um, so of course, it's going to be a connection. Like those records I listened to in my college dorm room are, I can't even tell you, you know, I listened to like something like U2's, Ultimate Fire, or sorry, The Unforgettable Fire and um, The Joshua Tree. I can't even tell you if those are good records or not. I believe they're good records. But I have such a connection with them and so many memories, It's I can't even see straight. You yes. know? So so it was a different experience. And, and I know people have that with music now, but it it was just... Um, when you
0: can only purchase 20 records, oh, those 20 records are extra special. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. So, And those were, yeah. If you had 20 records, even back then, that was you're a fan, man. You are in, you know? So, yeah. So I, I, again, I I don't, um, I feel uncomfortable going, Hey, that was the good old days or this or that, but, you know, but I think it's, again, trying to put a bookend on this part of my life, you know, that, that artists in particular spoke to me in a way that, Mm -hmm. that really no other um, relationship did at that time Mm -hmm. in my life. And so Mm -hmm. I, and I think artists, um, have an incredible role yeah. you know? so mm-hmm. I, I do think about that a lot when I um, I just came from a meeting at a record label about a new artist coming out and I think a lot about the kids listening to that music sure, in their dorm room in their bedroom yeah. at their headphones on the school bus or whatever of what would we say to them you
1: know? that's so. actually a very interesting conversation because and maybe again this is you know someone from our generation talking but it does almost feel like there's a there's a there's a tangible piece of the experience that's no longer there i mean yeah a phone but you're not having to get the thing out of the out of the sleeve you're not having to put it on the needle put the needle on the record you know i mean there's that there's that tangible physical thing that's now kind of gone from all that. Yeah. You just tap something on but your it screen. But it seems to
0: be coming back in just like a small yeah, a like bit.
1: subculture. Like
0: right. The record shops are becoming a thing again for the first time in yeah. ages, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a niche type thing.
1: And I think music is still just as meaningful to people because they'll mm-hmm. still, like you said, lay in their bed with their phone and kind of escape oh, yeah. their problems or whatever it is and connect with an artist. I think that's still very much part of the experience. But I do wonder if there's even something, a layer deeper missing because there's not that physical part of it. Yeah,
3: I, I yeah, there's definitely something about the physical experience mm-hmm. of, you, you know, I, when I would put a LP on that, I'm not just saying I'm going to listen to this song. I just made a five song commitment or a 15 to 20 minute commitment to this yes. record. I'm not going to jump around. I remember the CD that, man, I can go straight to song eight. That's incredible. You know, (laughs) and that, that being a radical. um, And I even remember in this industry when, uh, or the music industry, when CD was becoming the predominant experience, Mm -hmm. we began to sequence records very differently Mm -hmm. because before you'd start off side one with this and then you'd end side one. Then you had your B side. On a thoughtful note. And then side two would have another kicker. And then it would, you know, so there was you just had to
1: you know sides are gone now
3: yeah I mean we would program and put the best songs up front mm-hmm. like it, it was just mm-hmm. a, a very different experience um, it's a you're saying something that made me think of something it was really smart and really really good he's yeah. good was yeah. at that we can, let's assume
1: that yeah
3: oh it was phenomenal <laughs> oh I, I, I yeah yeah. Here, yeah but it's so funny like in um, uh, I, I just the way that you would experience, and specifically music. Yeah, it was such a common question of like, "Hey, what kind of music do you like?" Like that was a, you know, it felt less gross than "What do you do for a living?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but it was, "Hey, tell me about yourself." Was that one of your first go-to oh. questions for oh, connection? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, particularly with girls. You oh, know, okay. it was you know they would if they said jazz and classical. I knew I would go, "Oh great, who's your favorite jazz artist?" And they would never know. But I was like, "You're just using that." Yeah. You're just using music as fashion. It's not really mm-hmm. a thing. Anyway, I don't want to pick on girls. If you if you're listening, you're female, you like jazz we and love classical. You. We we affirm you all created, classical. Yeah, we're, there's no judgment, shame. <laughs> Rock on. But it's interesting, uh I'll uh, ask teenagers, like the students here at our church, and like, Hey, what kind of music do you like? They look at me with that question with uh like it's a logical fallacy. It's like what That's, kind of clothes do you like to wear? Uh, c- comfortable, like right, affordable, right? Non dorky, like I just I like that whatever. Is so funny. And so when you say music, what kind of music? It's it's a they're looking at you like g- good music. I mean you know right. they'll listen to worship, they'll listen to yeah genre rap, doesn't mean they, as much. They don't they don't process it like that. Yes. Whereas so at my high school. The lunch room, the cafeteria was divided by. This is the heavy metal table. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is the top forty table with the cheerleaders. Yeah, so I was could at pick the them new out wave. By the yeah. I. Oh yeah, the t-shirts. <laughs> like I was at the new wave table. If yeah, you said baby. that, yeah, this is really funny. If you said that you like two bands at my lunch table, you would get so much abuse. And they were. This is not a joke. Journey and Rush. And oh. We'd be wow. like, they're the worst bands of all time. And now they're both. Playing, right? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> they still have a very yeah.
1: vibrant career. Those are two of my favorites, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> well, in South Florida, that like if you are a New Wave yeah. kid, yeah, like yeah, yeah.
3: that's not New Wave, you know. But again, it wasn't. You're not in my tribe, right? Like, so kids, like they, they I tell people that story, which was incredibly accurate for my high school experience. Mm-hmm. And I would say a lot of my peers, um, they don't even know what you're talking about. Like, it. I listened to everything. I like Taylor Swift. I like Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. I like And that's most Rascal people's go to like. is like, oh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And with streaming you can do that. So anyway, I didn't mean to talk that's music, actually but it's a good point.
1: That is most people's answer now. It is. They might mention a couple of things that they don't like. Yeah. I like pretty much everything, but, you know, rap I'm not into reggae or rap. Right. But
3: back to your question, how it changes the experience is I am listening in in my room. I can shut the door and I can listen to Bruce Springsteen and he is going to tell me stories. Yes. Whereas if it's just on random play and it's one Bruce Springsteen song and then the next song is Taylor Swift and then the next song is Chance the Rapper, you're not getting that connection. So That's a good point. I love songs, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily connect with an artist. I just connect with a song, which is this isn't like good versus evil. It's just the way... And albums used to tell soon. a
0: story. Like, oh, yeah. like oh, in the yeah. way that they oh, were yeah.
3: structured and
0: like take you on a journey. Oh, yeah. And I feel like some of that's been lost in the way that we right. consume music now digitally right. and one track at a time.
3: Right. So I love the fact because I, I'm such a music nerd, you know, we're talking about me being awkward in high school and it ends up into the state of the music industry. Mm-hmm. That was just the way I planned it. Brilliant. So, um, you're doing reverse psychology on this. Uh-huh. So oh, yeah, deconstructing it. myself on the fly. <laughs> um, yeah, so back, back to my teen years, I'm listening to music, that's my window to the world. I can trust these Christian artists, I'm all in. And, um, uh, I when it comes time to pick a college, I'm like, man, I want to be, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a college that you know the people worshiped like this and had this energy? And so I ended up, no laugh track, I went to Oral Roberts University. Come on. So, um, and uh, it was interesting because I got to be around 4,500 people that thought exactly the way that I thought. And, you know, when you have faults and you see them in other people, they're so much more annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so that was a really Uh. interesting time in my life, those four years to... Rethink and deconstruct what I believed, how I believe, um, and uh, kind of develop, you know, as a young person, as a young man, you know, what theology looked like. And so really from that experience, the next, geez, 25 years of my life was really camped out on, again, who can I trust? And Mm -hmm. that was, you know, theologians, the Francis Schaeffers of the world, Mm -hmm. you know, that that kind of
0: what were those those sort of touchstones for you that you were looking for and determining who you could trust
3: it was a book um we had to read it our freshman year which says something about Old roberts university that they would you know you have to read this book but it's called true spirituality by francis schaefer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in it he talks about being a pastor uh, at pca church in st louis he has a crisis of faith and he has to rethink and re why does he believe what he believes and uh, and so it's kind of autobiographical um, but that was something that was um i just found inspirational so i didn't feel stupid you mm-hmm. know and um, and so people that were trying to work through who jesus was and who jesus is not um that was, that was interesting to me, but it also, you know, like most things in life, the other way the pendulum swung was I went from a very experienced base to where it was very theoretical Mm -hmm. and which is great to experience and be emotionally invested and all of that. That is God is definitely that. But then it was, I just want to, I just don't want to be tricked again. I just want to know what's right, what's wrong. And, um, really until I came to this church is when I had, you know, another awakening, if you will, of who Jesus was. And-
0: it's almost moving like your your experience of God from a heart level
3: to the head level
0: and then trying to marry the two yeah. later on. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. You have a
1: very unique, maybe it's not unique, but it's unique to me how you kind of started a little less. Most people that I talk to that have been in, been churched mm-hmm. start with the, this is who God is. Boom, boom, boom. Do these things. The legalism. Uh, the yeah. legalism, and then eventually, or never, um, move away from that. But you kind of started from the other end, then went into the into that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Academic uh, uh, theological thoughts of God, and then kind of back the other way a little bit.
3: Well, yeah, I I think it's just, in, you know, I don't know what the right word to. I think any time that you're like, I know exactly who God is, mm-hmm. you're probably wrong. <laughs> you're probably wrong. <laughs> yep. Um, because he's, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, disrespectful or sacrilegious, but he's very unpredictable. Yeah. And um, and uh, th- that is challenging. Yeah. And, and that's also reality. And and so when. Everything can be easily explained or categorized. Well, you know, you've got the sniffles. Well, because there's unconfessed sin in your life. Duh. That's yes. why that happened. Well, what if you don't, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, maybe I just have the sniffles and I've been really faithful this day. You know, it's yeah. just yeah. when you start to see, okay, that doesn't work. Yeah. God's so much bigger than these, these boxes. What did it take I'm, for you to, to start
0: your journey of starting to see
3: that? Hmm. I described it to somebody once as, um, I don't know about you, but like on Friday, I try to, if I owe people calls, I try to call, make all the phone calls so I don't have to think about it over the weekend. Mm. And so I find myself sometimes, sometimes around two to five on, on a typical Friday, I'm trying to return as many calls as possible. And if I were to, like if you were to call me and I call you back and I get your voicemail, to me it's great because i i can now call shane in, in 15 seconds so mm-hmm. i just but i can say i called you yeah yeah because totally. i did yeah. so i can check that off yeah. now i'm going to call shane oh great i got his voicemail too check 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 and i feel like there was uh, some parallels in my spiritual life like that a little bit of well okay i prayed great so fantastic check check in the check, box. Check, oh check check <laughs> and then hey god it's me nick hey what's up uh great sorry mis- click Oh. Oh, I, you're there. Oh, but I did my thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just going to leave a message on the machine. I really didn't want to talk to you. Uh, <laughs>
1: that is so good. Uh, <laughs> so true. Oh,
3: well, how how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, you, so there was a, uh, you know, just, a, you know, I don't know. I, there was a, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. You yeah, know, you think you're free until you then you're free. Yeah. And I'm sure there's areas in my life now where I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I got it." And it's like, "Dude, you do not have it together." But there was just a lack of self-awareness, mm. I think.
0: No, man, we all have blind spots. Oh my
3: gosh. I'm like, "Not you." I was I was directed no. to you, but no, I was I saying, do. <laughs> to me, it's like, "Yeah, I thought I'm doing my theologies pretty good." It's pretty good, man. I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing and not hurting anybody, um, in a way, furthering the kingdom. But, but in terms of, do I know that I'm loved? Mm-hmm. Um, am I experiencing that? Um, not really, you
2: know.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not, not, gonna, not to its fullest. I'm um, not gonna lie, man. That analogy, I'm kind of spinning out a little bit. Yeah, that's good stuff. Because, I wonder if there's a little bit of that mentality in the way in the way that we interact with God. Obviously, there is. But in the sense of so many of us feel, we may say, hey, God's not Santa Claus or a genie. Mm-hmm. But we kind of act like he is.
0: Oh, I, I still totally catch myself praying yeah. like uh, I'm,
1: I'm just wanting the wishes. And that's very much a leave a voicemail oh, yeah. type yeah. of thing. Because there's no relationship in, hey, here's some things I need, yeah. bro. Yes. So, it's friendly. It's polite. Yeah. It's like the stepdad relationship. Yeah. That you're not close to. But it's not a true conversation, which I think is interesting.
3: This is so embarrassing. I wish it was, um, you know, God uses donkeys to speak and uses Mm -hmm. things. But I was driving south on I-24 to Bonnaroo Festival, of all things, and this car pulled in front of me, and they had one of those vanity license plates. And so this is so cheesy and so corny and so unartistic. But the the plate was a – I can't remember what state it was, but – uh, the letters were S U P Sup G O D. So <laughs> Sup God. Like, Sup God. And I was like, oh, That's so annoying. What, <laughs> that's so stupid. And uh, immediate judge, judgment, uh, yeah. shame, and all that. Totally. And for some reason, I thought, uh, I've never prayed that. What's mm-hmm. up, God? Like, what's what's in your world? What's I'm always again leaving these voicemails. Mm-hmm. I never. Mm-hmm. I don't ask a lot of questions. The only question that I'm like why the heck did that happen? Why'd you do that? Yeah. You know, it's not it's your what, fault. What's oh, on yeah. what's on your heart? <laughs> then yeah. you want to have the real conversation. I have left you
1: 10 voicemails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> well, and it's it be it's so transactional at that point. And yeah. so so there's something of Yeah. Oh, you just want to be friends with me? You just want to you know, so that's kind of where I'm at right now too. It's it's uh, um you know, trying to, to I don't know. It sounds so silly, like to realize I'm deeply loved. And, yeah. um what does it mean to love God? You know, rather than and I by that I don't mean like I love God like I love you too, the mm-hmm. band or I love Not the Beatles. Shane and I. The two of us, them. Yeah, <laughs> I do love you dearly. But like or Not I love as pizza much as the or whatever. <laughs> but it's it's God, how can I tell you that I love you? Mm-hmm. Like those are you that's interactions you can't get leaving a voicemail and yeah. a lot of you know Oh man so
0: it takes some actual talk time and that's a two-way street it's yeah the back and forth
3: yeah so that's that silly ridiculous absurd uh, i mean it's the most lowbrow form of communication mm-hmm. in a vanity plate the sup god for some reason it was like <gasps> that's actually
0: that's really cool
3: that's a okay Mm-hmm. Something there,
0: and and what healthy relationship do any of us have in our lives where we're only talking to the other person when there's something going wrong, and we're wanting to tell mm-hmm. them to fix it, mm-hmm. right?
1: Maybe
3: parents. I said healthy relationship.
1: There you go. Well, I think. But too, we do
0: it. I yeah, do it. Yeah.
3: I you know, and again, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to. I despise victimization, and so I'm not saying that the experience focus side and the influences, I mean, there's a lot of really good in that, and there's mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you should, that is beautiful. Um, but then there's also... It's beautiful to, to study God and, and that, but I think, too, in, when you're dealing with a relationship, there's just a lack of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of... Um, there is no transaction. I'm not doing this so that God will love me more, or God mm-hmm. will love me less, or whatever. I'm just doing this because... This is what I was created to do. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. And how that's do you good. just be with
0: God? It's good. Yeah, yeah. Still figuring that out. Oh yeah. Heck oh, yeah. totally.
1: My goodness.
0: So it's that was teen years. So, college, post college. How how did this this journey that's starting to kind of shape your understanding and your experience of God kind of lead you into um, your family life, music what you do now for a living. I would think most people that have your story actually go into actually being the artist and making the music.
3: Was that ever a question for you? Oh, I air guitar my entire life in front of my bedroom mirror. Yeah. yeah. So I got all the moves, you know, I Yeah. Did you ever try the air guitar championship? I did not. I, I did not there's a documentary I didn't want to make it. anyone feel inferior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my skills are He's so Pretty. benevolent. You ever like, like see somebody like you go to a party and like people are like pretending like they're break dancing yeah. and, yeah, like and that. And then you see the, the one dude like bust, bust out and he mm-hmm. like can really do it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's it, part of It's like, wow, that's really cool. That guy knows how to break dance. And then part of it, oh, that's really sad. He obviously spent a lot of time <laughs> learning. <Yeah. laughs> that would be my air uh, guitar uh, thing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is not spontaneous. <laughs> there are, some choreographed well thought out that's yeah, that's moves. very similar
1: to uh we had a staff retreat a few months ago and um, there was one guy on staff that was pretty much dominated the uh, cornhole <laughs> tournament we had and it's kind of like cool man although there's that's not an accent that you're that good yeah. so now I'm worried <laughs> and cornholes <laughs> like bowling you get better to the drunker you get yeah <laughs> so I'm like Tells me a lot that you're that good at cornhole. Well Dimitri Martin, the comedian, has a
3: joke. He said, "You know, when someone says I'm really good at checkers, it's <laughs> another way of saying I'm not really good at anything." <laughs> it's just, I don't know, but so um, good. yeah. So I, I, um, yeah. So uh, how did I end up doing what I'm doing? I, I Part of it was just uh, uh, tell us maybe a little bit about what it is
0: that you're doing. Okay,
3: I do. Um, I uh, serve artists for gosh um, for five years I worked for uh, a producer who was actually my hero in college a guy named Charlie Peacock who somebody who was passionate about their faith and mm-hmm. passionate about their art yeah. and um, uh, and just reading his interviews and in magazines in college were like just so inspirational um, the fact that he was speaking truth into the culture at large was was very um just in my opinion heroic at the time mm-hmm. and and he would be embarrassed if he heard this but but it was to me and um i basically moved here to help him start a nonprofit organization called the art house and just did grunt work just any way i could to help out and then worked a regular job during the day and art night it was i worked at a hotel at the night shift um um, and then he eventually hired me, so I did work for him for five years. The last year, he launched a, a, rec- a record label called Rethink and signed a little band called Switchfoot. And mm, uh, nice. And so, um, and that was kind of where I found like, okay, I really like doing this, and I'm not awful, mm. you know. But
0: yeah.
1: I
3: really like doing this.
0: But you volunteered, worked for? Uh, no, him? no,
3: I was working. I was getting paid for him. I I, I was on staff for five years for okay. him, doing variety
1: Switchfoot's my favorite secular band
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought they were a secular
1: band when they first come out that's the joke yeah
3: yeah wow i worked with the win when, when tim was still in high school so known this guy a long time oh my goodness um how it, did you first get hooked up with charlie peacock though just as a guy that liked what
0: he was doing in college i liked
3: what he he was my hero um and um again i was like i said i was doing full-time youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, at a Methodist church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, took a bunch of kids up to a festival. This is all, see where the lines are starting to yeah. you Holy know God. connect. So, uh, it's idiosynchronicities. Exactly. Uh, really, literally took them up to the cornerstone festival, which was, at the time was outside Chicago. And there were three kids that had really significant conversion experience. And mm-hmm. there wasn't like an altar call or anything like that, but just, by Mm -hmm. the things he said had a, um, a moment with God that was beautiful. And so I just literally wrote him, wasn't a fan letter, maybe a little bit fan letter, but it was just like, Hey, hope you're having a good day. I just want to let you know this happened. And, um, this is before social media and all that. And he wrote me back and next time I saw him in concert in Dallas, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy that wrote that letter. And, you know, and I think he just felt sorry for me and, (laughs) you know, but, but we were talking and, You know, I told him I was working at a church, but I was trying to figure out, you know, I was kind of wandering. It What's was next? like three yeah. years, two years, two, three years out of college. And he said, yeah, I'm going to be starting this nonprofit organization. You should think about, you know, coming to Nashville and just joining us. And, and again, it wasn't a job, oh but it was, I was like, yeah, so that was, that was a miraculous moment. In, in my life, that's an
1: incredible story, man. That is it awesome. is an
3: incredible, and, and uh, not to name drop, but Charlie is, He is not a flake. Like he, right. that is very, very out of character. And when he's told other people that story, wow. it's just very. That just must have been spirit led. He just felt for it, for sure. dude. You have no idea. Um, so, so uh, yeah. So, just work for Charlie, and then the last year with the record label. Um, that was somewhat successful and so the label was acquired by EMI Music Mm -hmm. and so I was uh, did artist development at Sparrow Records uh, for 12 years and then the last 11 years I worked at work at proper management so we uh, manage artists like Casting Crowns and Anthemites, little group called the George Twins. You probably never heard of. I've heard of them. Actually, the guy so named David Leonard. Also you know a few. Yeah.
0: Fun story. Uh, a song that uh, Jordan and I co-wrote about a year ago is actually just the music. It's on a loop, and its sampling is going to be our intro music for this podcast. Oh
3: wow! Yeah. Hmm, what's 15% Yeah. Podcast. Maybe I shouldn't have told you this. Like, wait, <laughs> why'd you tell him? <laughs> <You let> people... <laughs> uh, uh. No, I'm <laughs> So um yeah, so it's it's funny. I think between youth ministry, serving youth, kind of I, I feel like part of it what's the title? I can't say the the long title of of with the podcast Just call it Idiopod. Idiopod. Yeah. Part of the theme, it's it's like In my experience where that's come true is, you know, and I'm intentionally using this language to make it kind of whimsical, but God takes the most awkward moments, Mm. um, uh, of our life. Like the, you know, I want to say that rather than ugly or broken, but just awkward Mm -hmm. and he makes them not awkward. And it's, um, Which is
0: a beautiful process
3: exactly you know and so it's just funny where here i was obsessed with gosh i just want to be cool and now i'm working with artists you know um which everyone would say is cool yeah it's kind of cool yeah yeah i've I've had i've had a few moments you know
1: um You, you said earlier that your attempts to be cool and liked and all that were unsuccessful and i was thinking it's pretty successful to me. Yeah. Seems like the food. I think just, you're cool and liked. Yeah. I like you. And Maybe humble later. and handsome. <laughs> Super humble. <laughs> and ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your jeans.
3: Hey. Filthy rich. I'll totally. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are we just speaking... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. your guys' time <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go. Going back to my old school. Uh,
0: is this for the secret?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So you and you met krista where i met krista <laughs> it's
3: so weird i met her at a bible study but i always am like i was not scamming girls at a bible study uh, mm-hmm. so sure uh, so uh yeah so so met her um instantly thought she was really cool mm-hmm. um and said which hey, she is which totally she, is, cool. she is um she's very was, you know what um, was her scene at the time she had just graduated from taylor university so I I met her first week in town. Um, she was going to live in Nashville for six months, then move to Washington D.C. and work for a magazine for three years, and she was going to move to New York. Like she had her whole life. That's right. Wow. She wanted to be a writer. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she is a writer. She just hasn't gotten paid a lot of money for it yet, but she's once a writer. Incredibly the, a writer.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, That's yeah. So
3: cool. And yeah, it's it's yeah, like she's remarkable. But but. Um, um, before Crystal, like I dated like two girls, a girl in college, really nice girl in college, and a really nice girl after college. But in both of those situations, I realized the other girl kind of liked me first, oh yeah, you know, which made it um and probably and again no disrespect to either of these women, but that was what made them probably really attractive because they liked me, mm-hmm. you know, and so I remember yeah. joking with a friend going, man, it wouldn't be amazing like to like the girl first, you know, not that that's important. And if someone's listening to this and that's not your story, that's not, I'm just saying in my own life. Yeah. I totally relate. Yeah. So, um, not with my current wife. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. But, um, so Krista was like, you know, I, um, kind of weaseled my way into her circle of friends pretty quickly. So I'm getting to spend time with her without having to, Ask her out on a date, and so that was kind of my uh, play and then in the middle of this, uh, to kind of you know cue the screeching break noises, uh, my father was dying of cancer, and mm-hmm. so one night um, we had a converse, Chris and I had this conversation of per we saying something she's like, "You don't even know me." and then I looked at her and said, "Well I, I'd like to know you, which was for me was like that was like that was really. Were you would, all dating at that Oh, point? no, 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 no. She, she was not interested in a relationship. It mm-hmm. was, you
1: know. Was well, um, she dating Jesus? <laughs>
3: probably, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and so I, I I knew that if I, you know, but I also was like, I didn't know my own heart. I just knew that I thought she was really cool. And so in, I go home, and on my the voicemail, my mom left a message and said my dad was, was in the hospital and, basically i had to went back to florida for 2 months and so we're in the middle of this relationship friendship thing and then i'm gone for 2 months to help my mom take care of my father his last few few weeks but mm-hmm. the um but um and i think so that was kind of odd timing but i our friendship had reached a point where i felt like I'm now. I, I, th- I think we're always supposed to be honest, but yeah. we don't necessarily need to be open about everything. And so, I didn't know how I felt about her, so mm-hmm. I didn't. But once I knew, I, I, I felt like our friendship had reached a place where, by me not being open about how I felt about her, felt somewhat deceptive. Mm. You know, I was trying to hide it. I was. I don't know. It was just just awkward. Um, and, and for me, the big scary thing was I I knew that by sharing that, it would potentially risk a friendship that I didn't want to lose. Which is scary. Uh, Very scary. But I also felt like it's kind of what love is. It's not... It's risk. It's it's risk. It's scary. And going back to the other nice girls that I met, like there wasn't a whole lot of risk there. I knew they liked me. And Mm -hmm. so here this was, you know, I'm going to be the one to take the lead and uh, say, here's my heart, kick it. Mm. And um, so... After my father passed away, came back up here and you know told her how I felt.
0: Were you with him when he passed?
3: Yes, I was. Yeah. So, so that was um, intense and beautiful and sure. um, brutal and yeah. magnificent. All those things. That that experience, my father's death was. I remember that night lying in bed, going, "Oh my gosh, I'm really a Christian." I was like, I actually believe this stuff. Like, I, you know, it oh, was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah.
0: um, So you believed he, he went to where he needed to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No,
3: he, yeah. He loved Jesus and, and all that, but it was still very, very painful. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but back to, to my wife, it was, um, um, the, you know, it was, there was like five weeks after I shared my heart where she was processing, mm how she felt about me what I didn't realize is she was long
1: five weeks man
3: again I I refer to this as the seduction of the century so (laughs) I was yes but I think she I just was Uh, like she'd be a really cool girlfriend uh and all that and I think she was like okay this is not like this wouldn't be just a boyfriend thing so she was asking really much bigger questions than I was okay
0: bigger questions like what
3: um, I think this is a guy that's not clowning around. Like you know, I you know like I didn't hold her hand. I wasn't all snuggly with her. Uh, I was, you know, I wasn't flirty. You know, I was trying to use even the verbiage of describing how I felt about her. I wasn't trying to use mm-hmm. um, "I really like you." You know, I was yeah. saying, you know,
1: legit, legit feelings and
3: yeah, trying to be. And also after the death of my father, I felt like you know what life is short. Yes. Yeah, is, man, that'll make you realize. I also knew it. there was no no guarantee, but you know, once she shared how she felt about me, it was um, you know it was incredible. Mm. You know, and and uh, we got married, uh, gosh, September of that year, and so we're how coming many up months? on twenty five years. and the silver three weeks. Yeah, big plans. Sweet. Early uh, well, we went to. Um, we went to new york last month um all three of our kids were yeah. at one our youngest was at church camp with you guys and our middle son was doing like an orientation backpacking trip with his college and mm-hmm. our oldest was um doing Intern, an internship yeah. in, in fort worth and so we went to new york for th- Love you know, three days which we actually went to new york for our honeymoon so we stayed at the same hotel oh, yeah that's it was really cool, cool. so
1: awesome. so that didn't cost the same that hotel
3: <laughs> no, it did not.
2: <laughs> so,
3: uh-huh. no, but it, it's uh, you know I do think it's it's interesting, um, kind of all over the map in this conversation. Is this kind of what you this do? Is yeah, okay, well fantastic. But it's it's um, you know it's it's interesting being married, how that makes you look differently at mm-hmm. at God of mm. um, and and Him pursuing our hearts and going oh my gosh and then sure. as a parent like I, I feel like that is such a different type of love mm-hmm. where you know particularly in the early years where you can't get any sleep they're mm-hmm. just poop and snot and throw up everywhere yep. and yet you still yep. love this child so much because they're yours yeah. so true. and it helped me understand of like why does God love me? I can't do this or that. I've, you know, and yeah. oh, I'm His. Oh, it's a whole other layer. Okay, kind of get that. I get that yeah. conceptually. Yeah. I get that a little bit. And
0: it's interesting yeah. that that even the language in the Bible paints God in all these different right. relationships. And yeah, I think that is something that we just, as we journey through life, yeah, we we get prepared to understand a little more of a piece yeah. of it here and there. Yeah,
3: well, and like just I remember on Christina's wedding day going, I cannot believe I get to be the guy to marry this girl. And then again, not in the moment, but, but like to look back and go, wow, God, he doesn't think about you and me. Like and mm-hmm. that he gets to be the one to be in a relationship with us. Like, oh my gosh, he, I know God loves me, but maybe he likes me too. I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Wow. Where, so. where
3: are you at in the wrestle with that concept? Oh, dude, every day, you know, you know, it was just, again, back to the experience, high five God, you know, theological, mm-hmm. cerebral world. I, I feel like understanding and, you know, I, I would say the biggest I- issue I have right now is um, really like the last year and a half. I've just been praying God teach me how to receive better. Mm-hmm. I feel like we is, we do that really poorly. You know, there's something feels yucky about. It's right. better to give than to receive, mm-hmm. or you know, which is that's in the Bible, but I think it's taken out of context. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, man, I really need to
1: receive. Like <laughs> most things. Like most things. So yeah. Taken out of context. Totally true. Yeah.
3: So, anyway, but that's I kind of that's probably where I'm at now. Is like, what does it mean to? Because mm. I feel like if I can really receive something from God, I I want to share it. I want to. Yeah. Um, but
0: I don't know. But uh, a wise man once told me you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So at some point, something's got to be going in that cup.
1: That's true. Well, I have a question I want to ask you that's complete 180. Yeah. From what we're talking about. Oh, now. I love this. It It's just concerns the music industry as a person who's been <laughs> deep in it for 25 mm-hmm. plus, whatever it is. You've seen a lot of change. Mm-hmm. But in the medium, in the way artists get paid all that stuff. yeah yeah what's your what's your take on where it is now like for you for the artists um for the consumer is it in an awesome place or do you think some things need some major overhaul for it to keep working
3: my personal opinion yeah. is i think it's incredibly exciting i think it's amazing that i can mention the name of an artist or a band and you could listen to it right now that's true that is unbelievable so i as a marketer if i can communicate and tell a story Mm -hmm. the fact that you can go out and respond is is remarkable um i use a lot um it's funny i'm going like from my heart now to
2: you
1: Mm -hmm. know, switch gears
0: that's all good process for us guys yeah
3: yeah i i'm all in um i just think about the um so I think it's really great. I think the monetization of that is, um, people are never going to buy CDs again, like that ship has sailed. And I, I still buy them
0: at, at live shows sometimes just cause I want them signed.
1: Thank you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> oh shoot. Um, I was gonna say, I literally can't think of the last time, but now I feel bad.
3: I'm <laughs>
0: like one of the last
3: holdouts though. I'm pretty sure. No. So it's, it's, but it's, that's, you know, as a consumer. It's a really great experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the streaming movies, Netflix model, is a really great consumer mm-hmm. experience. People really like it. And they prefer it to going to buy DVDs. Mm-hmm. So so I feel like what I try to focus on is how to give the consumer what they want and then in parentheses also what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you figure out what they want? A lot of research, a lot. Uh, I have we have data now that you would not believe. If we had time, I could show you afterwards. Um, I'm very curious. Um, it's called Spotify for artists. There's also Apple Music for artists, where I can show you in real time the number of people listening to one of my artist songs oh, at this man. very moment. And and then you could also see where they're at geographically. No what way. What's their age? What's their gender? How did they discover it? Did they type in the name of the artist or did they come discover it through this playlist it's like google ads but for oh yeah 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 so it's amazing amazing data on the social so for some of the artists um it's i mean it's we know exactly who that consumer is so it's really fun to go okay wow our a really high percentage of our um audience is either entering college or just leaving college um, I'm thinking of the group Anthem Lights. We know it's a female-dominated audience, and but we know that, that age group. And so it doesn't rec- take a lot of imagination to go, what types of things are they thinking about?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, they're thinking about, how do I make a difference in the world? <coughs> thinking about vocation. They're probably feeling really awkward and scared about the future, but they are also could be really excited. They're probably also thinking a lot about relationships and marriage and those types of things and so we can talk that language and it's really really cool
0: (coughs) how much does knowing those things about your audience uh dictate the sort of music and songs that the artist put out
3: um excuse me i'm coughing here just a second (coughs) can you like hum something for 30 seconds
0: Mm -hmm. all right so we did yeah okay um, El Shaddai, that's what yeah. you come out with.
3: Michael Card, very nice. <laughs> that's where that came from? <laughs> um, okay, so like we did yeah. this uh, uh, anthem lights, like we'll do like an oldies, and so it's really fun. We did a, a medley. I'm not in the group, but they did a medley of mm-hmm. songs from. By the
1: way, shout out to Liberty University. On that, oh yeah,
3: on that one. Oh they yeah, oh, alma mater. The original four all mm-hmm. went there, but um, so instead of do like a oldie that people would suspect, we did, we just literally, I just looked at their target audience, and we just did subtraction and go, this audience, when High School Musical came out, I know that they were into that, because that's what every kid was oh, into. Oh, that's cool. They know the words to every single one of these yep. songs, and they probably haven't heard these songs in six to seven years. Mm-hmm. So they do a high school musical medley, and everyone's freaking out because, like, how did you – oh, my gosh, I love that song. Right. And it was, you know, it was <clears throat> cool to to do that. So I think it's also – so that's more musical and artistic. But I also think in messaging, it's really interesting. Uh, another Anthem Light story, one of the guys years ago did a post, uh, and he quoted something from Romans 7 and then had, like, this kind of theological – thing. And I thought it was really cool and really for Mm -hmm. a male vocal band, you know, pretty profound and there was depth to it and it was awesome. And it got a certain number of likes. Well, two days later, the next day later, one of the guys said something like, Hey, I just came from such and such. Hey girls, just be sensitive to what you wear around dudes. You know, don't forget modest is hottest or something like that. That got like a gazillion likes and it didn't take a lot of discernment to go, okay, we just made an album that's like kind of in this Roman seven you know artistic this and that, and mm-hmm. what the audience wants is something a little more direct, and so that was something oh, that like okay, you know that gets a response, you know yeah. and this is something for years I mean, artists, if you're in a room you're you're a musician I mean, you can tell if you're connecting or not yeah. mm-hmm. when you're speaking, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I need to insert more stories. Mm-hmm. I need Break to, out the cover songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how to. Your every artist has done this from the sure. dawn of time. Uh, it's just it's interesting where you just it's it's, um, and again I don't want to make it sound like it's like we're a bunch of computer nerds looking at no, this, but, but, but it's incredible just, it's cyber to to know what people are really connecting yeah, with that's and. Awesome. And so, and also back to the money side to know, okay, this is how um, you can, this is how, this is how you're getting paid. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I find, back to, to your original question of what do I think about where it is and where it's going, what I like about where we're at now is the artists, there's less victimization where mm-hmm. it's not like, well, radio didn't do this, my label didn't do this. They have to look at the data and go okay, the song about my puppy dog did mm-hmm. not connect on the same level as this song about how much um, I want to yep. not do my homework tonight. People want to hear that instead yeah. of the love song about the puppy dog. Is it your manager's fault? Is it the bass player's fault? No, they just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So you just swallow that pill and move on. If you want to do a box set of puppy you know, songs about puppies, great. You can do I that. I would buy that. Good. Well, <laughs> if we have an artist that does that, I'll let you know. You know, so it's it's you're 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 creating the way you want to create, yeah. rather than there's excuses or. It's got to be interesting
1: to see the the next generation of artists coming up who have only known streaming. Yep. Yeah. So they don't have a thing to. Hey. Yeah compare it to and what's
0: interesting is is like they would have killed for this kind of data 10 20 years ago now that it's uh, all oh. gone like like digital because you can't you can't like figure this this these numbers that you're getting out mm-hmm. through radio play so how much does radio play even factor into the success of an artist these days
3: um it would depend on on the artist uh, what we've proven with some artists is there's nothing wrong with radio but i think for a lot of people uh, the streaming experience is replacing that. Yeah. So terrestrial radio is still very, very well, and important. Well, the lights is a prime oh,
1: example gosh, of that. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. So it's um, you know for those kids, YouTube, Spotify, Apple yeah. Music—that's their radio. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's college females, and they're totally. that's that's what they're doing. Um, so I think some of that is um, format issue or genre related. Mm-hmm. On country music, like radio is critical you know, for rock not so much you know so that's yeah. Yeah, a I, I kind of like the fact I what I like about it on a business sense is there's no experts yeah. so anybody that's talking like a smarty pants you immediately know they have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> because it's like the people that are really and I, hopefully I would consider myself that are really in the trenches actually doing this day-to-day are very humbled by that experience yeah and so when you have something that works you're very grateful that makes but it's not like oh man i i it's got not this. perfect oh my gosh. formula you can repeat sense. over and over no and and um, um you know and it's so and to me it's it's also when i look at those numbers and go oh wow so-and-so has 1.6 million monthly listeners it's not just a number to me it's a uh, Goes back to the, the kid in Florida listening mm-hmm. to the record in his bedroom. You know, that's a lot of people that are oh, yeah. taking the time to listen to you, that you have a platform to tell them that they're loved, to tell them that they're important, to tell them that yeah. God's real, that God actually cares about them, that you know, there's great a responsibility. Lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So
1: I don't know. Love that answer.
3: Is that was that the right answer? Yeah, oh good, well, good, good. If if we the right answer it. that's it
1: okay okay yeah i w- i just i've heard obviously over the years not so much recently but when apple music and all that started to be a thing artists just so like mad and you know first it was pirating and then it was yeah. now yeah. you just pay 15 bucks a month and listen to whatever you want you're not buying our albums right and so i had to i had to kind of think that there's been in the midst of that a turn of some of oh. some sort But That's, you're seeing that You're going to figure it out
3: Yeah you're seeing that In the movie industry It's, it's like I'm just thinking of Stranger Things on Netflix mm-hmm. You know um, It was out for two years Before they, you ever Could buy the DVD mm-hmm. If you're a real Big fan You could buy the DVD But
0: And then I think It was a Target exclusive Yeah it You was. know
3: So it's It's not like Hey there's this really Cool show you might like You should go spend 35 bucks to buy These DVDs It's You should check it out You know, and I don't know about you guys, but it took like, I'd never heard of it. It's not like, well, when does it come out? It comes out in four months. Why are you, why are we even talking about this? You know, like, why are you, why are you? Yeah. It's like, hey, I saw the show last night. You should check it out. Mm -hmm. And then after like 12 people tell you this, it's like, okay, I'll watch this stupid. Oh,
0: hey, this is pretty good. I waited till the week before season two dropped to just binge it all. Yeah. Catch
3: up. But like binging that is a binging media that is a phenomenon that oh my gosh. like um i want to say like x-files and lost like but where dvds or home videos like that is a very new term yeah. if, if someone were to you know were to come from the past you know and and us talking about binging media, they would not know
1: what what you're talking about. And that's a
0: millennial marketing thing now. That's the thing that people do. And how do you market to people that you know are your bingers? Yeah.
3: Well, what I always say is like arguably one of the biggest bands in the world is U2. And gosh, I can't do the Five years ago they, or Is that right? Five years ago? Or six years ago they gave away an album for free. Apple, so yeah. they gave away a half billion. People got a album from one of the biggest acts in the in the world, and everybody said they were crazy. And so everyone could get it. And then a week later, people like, "Okay, what else you got? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any new songs? Do you have any videos? Do you have tour dates? Do you what do you?" And it's like, "Well, we just gave you a full album." Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I listened to it. It's, yes, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's, it's not bad. <laughs> right. What else you got? Yes. Okay, I just watched Stranger Things. Wait, I have to wait for how long? A year for another two a year and a half? Oh, I'm already
1: freaking out about that. Oh, we too. just gave
3: you Yeah, they just gave you 8 to 10 episodes. You know, I mean, so it's that yep. that type of mm-hmm. consumer behavior is very very odd. Yeah. So, whereas you know, you just think about traditional television where you wait for a season finale or cliffhanger yeah. all summer. It's, I don't know, it's just
1: Well, that's the fun. other that's the other phenomenon that's been happening the last year or two maybe longer and I just didn't know it but by the time you actually drop an album you've already released half of it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like that was a concept no one would ever heard of before yeah like I've already heard all these songs like wow it just came out today well no no, no, they released these songs mm -hmm. well
3: some, some artists we work with we don't talk about the release until the day before it comes out, because it takes so much time to get attention. Whereas mm-hmm. before that, I can tell you as a professional record label marketer, yeah. that is lazy marketing. That is terrible. I can tell you all the reasons why that's stupid. Uh, but times have changed. You yeah. know, I just it's kind of like the Stranger Things. I just want you to know about it. Yeah. And yeah. And after the tenth person tells you about it, okay, I'll check out such and such a band. Or whatever. well, I
1: mean, I just found out today that Taylor Swift has a new one coming out tomorrow.
0: Another one? Yeah, I tomorrow. thought she'd just come out with one.
1: You might have thought that it <laughs> drops tomorrow. Oh wow! Um, and I'm not a big fan by any means, but I'm sure her fans knew that it was yeah. coming out tomorrow. But just by sheer, I I pay pretty close attention just to that stuff in general. Yeah. Had no idea. I yeah. went
0: to the the. Th- that she had like these ginormous like angel butterfly mm-hmm. in you know, the mural in, thing in germantown yeah, yeah. and and i went there with my in-laws and my wife and we didn't even know what it was and then like she did a big press conference like two mm-hmm. days later mm-hmm. and i was
1: yeah. like oh well, we took a picture with it yeah. there you go so. so anyways that's our music talk yeah
0: what what's really cool i think as as music is, tran- still in tran- is still in transition it's it's Mm -hmm. it's very much like
3: the the wild wild west by the way this whole conversation i feel like i'm in college again yeah it's like we had too much doritos and we're just (laughs) we're talking about god we haven't talked about sports yet we're just like it's just three dudes talking that's what this is and like i just realized wait this we're recording what am i doing here yeah 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 i was just i forgot we were doing a podcast (laughs) that's right actual people listening Uh yeah
2: well
0: Hopefully that's that's the <laughs> that's the, the plan and the field. I interrupted you. Sorry, um, I forgot. What I was music oh, transitioning? Oh yes. music transitioning. I literally saw the other day. There's still billboards advertising records, but mm-hmm. now they're like on Spotify. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah,
0: it's it's just like when I think of a billboard, I I feel like that's about the the most you know piece of antiquity in terms of like yeah. marketing for for music, mm-hmm. and then. Dropping the Spotify on yeah. there. It's, it's like the two are melding into this weird
3: yeah. one. I call that caveman marketing. You know, you're knocking the consumer yeah. over the head with mm-hmm. your club and then yeah. dragging them back to your cave. Exactly. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of nuance. Hopefully you're targeting. nice to them once they're in the cave. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So, anyway. Did I, did I, how did I do? Did I do all right? I, mean, I, I think you was did was good. Brilliant.
1: Was I, did I pass the, the test? Yeah, and, I don't you know. I don't want to knock people that came before you, but that was a pretty dope conversation. That was a very dope conversation. Kind of I don't that.
0: use the word dope because I was told that that was drugs and we're not supposed
3: to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: I was told it is drugs, and so you say it as much as you can. Okay. I, I wasn't allowed to
3: say the word ain't, and so I thought it was a cuss word
1: for no,
0: years. I'm from South Carolina until oh, about dad, two years ago. I wasn't not allowed to say the word ain't. Oh, we were not allowed to say my it.
1: My dad grew up in Portland, Tennessee. And a uh, guy's mouth Washed out with soap For saying Dern Oh wow If you can imagine. That's hardcore Yeah I mean You shouldn't say Stuff like that
0: I forget what I said But my mom <laughs> Made me just Bite on a bar of soap Once as a kid Oh Oof. Oof I don't remember What I said either So oh, it must the, have Not have been a good That's the key
1: To m- Washing a kid's mouth Out with soap Is to get Soap on the teeth Yeah
3: Here's what's confusing Back to music And naughty words Yes If we to a, Artists from England, in particular, and bad words over here are not necessarily bad words over there, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like totally, the worst cuss word that they have is, which I'm not even gonna say the first letter, in their language is a very innocuous, um, harmless word in our culture. Like really, really harmless. Like
1: if you cut yourself.
3: No, no, no. Oh, it's it's different. a it's okay. yeah. It, I, won't make I can't even tell you what it represents, but. Off mic, but but yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Just, I was just, just talking. Different cuss words. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was just talking with my kids, uh, not my own kids. I teach kids. My uh, kid. Yeah, uh, about like the power in words and how words only have the meaning that we ascribe to them. Like mm-hmm. you could cuss me out all day long in German,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and other than sounding funny because it's German, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have any connection to it it wouldn't go to my identity of like (laughs) oh you really think i'm a terrible person as long as you're smiling at me when you do it i would just think nothing about it but because i'm preparing kids to to read to kill a mockingbird and there's a lot of language that we don't and shouldn't use necessarily but you know there are power in certain words and and they just transcend time they transcend generations and, and what is it in words and what we, the power we give them, because yeah. it's only the power we give
3: them. I have a really funny story, real quickly, and then we yeah. can go off and do our, our listeners can move on to <laughs> Mark Marin's podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, France. we, we pull some of those. Know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, my brother played football at Florida State University, so he was backup quarterback. Jeez you know, he's Louise. like, yeah, he's like me, but if I had muscles and was athletic and. Um, And he ended up marrying the assistant head coach, coach um, Jim Gladden, his daughter. And so- Oh, I thought you were gonna say the assistant head coach. No, 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 no. This is a a daring story. So you can imagine, like, this is Florida State football player and the uh, grandchild of one of the Florida State's legendary coaches under Bobby Bowden. Mm -hmm. So when their kid wants to cuss, you know, what's the most offensive thing he, he would say? And I've heard him say this. He'll go, go Gators, which is, you know, the <laughs> rival <laughs> University yeah. of Florida's mascot. And that gets such a rise out of my brother and oh, my lovely sister-in-law, my my like, gosh. do not say that around your grandfather. That is, we do not joke about that, you know. And whereas is any so other funny, any other family, go Gators is again yeah. innocuous. It's and all harmless. context. But there, that is, oh my oh, yeah. gosh, that is really, oh, yeah. really, really offensive. That so, is interesting. And 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 again, the fact that this kid would be bright enough to know, oh, you know, if I said poo-poo or pee-pee, who cares? <laughs> but if I say go Gators, my parents are gonna wow. go nuts. So, that's a lot so of power cool. that's
0: so awesome. so one last question before before we call it call it a day and bid you adieu mr. Beret. Uh what's giving you life
3: these days hmm man that's a really good question um, it's weird it's kind of a weird week for me um, we dropped off our middle son at college Um Last Friday, so six yeah. days ago, and then our oldest goes back for his senior at college, leaves tomorrow morning, and so it's just kind of this weird. Um,
2: a lot
0: of transition. Season,
3: a lot of transition. I, I called my wife today, just going, "I'm not depressed. I'm just sad. Like, and not like sad like oh, let's fix totally. this. I'll go. Yeah. We're not going to let our kids go to college. Like that's stupid. Like it, it's just the fact that." Um, you know, I just don't want life to change. Yeah, you There's know, it's a natural such a, grieving process. Yeah, you know, you're thrilled and proud that your kid's growing up. Sure. And then you're equally sad and, and commir- com, you know, depressed that they're growing up, you yeah, know. And totally. so it's, it's oh this conflict. Gosh. And so I think back to what's given me life, it's the, you know, just wanting to make, every moment count and to try to not dial it in and to oh, yeah. appreciate, you know, I think for me, what gives me life more than anything else. If I can find myself in a spirit of great gratefulness and thankfulness mm-hmm. when I'm in that zone, life is really good. You know, a lot of that's perspective. Some of it's circumstance. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What helps Just you to be, to stay there? Um, I, I kind of want to share this without like showing off kind of thing, but I try to, no go out of my way to thank, like, kind of a random person mm-hmm. once a week, like somebody who I haven't connected to in maybe years, you know, an that's old awesome. school teacher or something yeah, like that. That's great. Um, that's a great It kind of feels like a prank in a way, you know, of like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I just want to thank you for that. It kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. Off guard. I catches feel like them that's off guard. a healthy box to check if you're checking yeah, boxes for sure. It's a, you know, I don't know. I hope that's not. I'm not trying to show off, but that no, kind it's of that's kind of a interesting cool. discipline. I've done
0: that randomly to people that i I knew majorly affected me, but I didn't realize at the time they had majorly affected me. I yeah. kind of cycle back yeah. but to make that a regular rhythm
3: that's a really cool idea, yeah, I mean, of course, I violate that rhythm all the time but yeah, sure. but it I do feel like just the process and discipline it's it's a reminder that there's so much to be thankful for, yeah man.
0: That's awesome. And we're we're so thankful for you and your time you've given us yes, and sir. our Thank listeners you. that we hope
1: come oh, to listen. Enjoyed that for sure. Thanks awesome. for making the time. No honor you
3: guys. All
1: right.